Hey, welcome to the Fort Dodge Leadership Podcast. It's great to be here with you today. Uh, I'm Nathan Lawrence, and I'm joined kind of with our staff team. We got Pastor Kyle here. What's up? Yeah, there we go. Uh, We got Caitlin Bernal. Hey, guys. Yeah, all right. There you are. We got Brittany Grimm. Hello. Awesome. And we got Gina Cohn. Hey there. Cool. So we're all on the call here uh, having a conversation about social media. And, um, you know, it's it's a huge hot topic right now currently. It's also a topic that just it applies to a huge portion of our lives and um, it seems silly for us to um, to as leaders to think that we can do ministry in a vacuum aside from our impact in social media and how it impacts us how we can use it to impact others um, there's pitfalls to it there's there's a lot there and so this is actually going to be a two-part podcast where we talk about um, first of all, uh, in, in this session, we're going to talk about just kind of our, our social media philosophy. Like, what does the Bible have to say about social media? Obviously, that technology wasn't around back then, um, but there are things that we can glean um, from the way that Jesus acted and, and just things in the Bible that, that can teach us principles that we can apply now to our life in social media. And um, so we're going to we're going to talk about that and just just kind of a philosophy of like how we as leaders should think about our uh, our digital life. And then in the second podcast, uh, we're going to talk really practical about like strategies and steps that we've taken, um, mistakes we've made and different things that we've done um, to try to get the word out about Jesus on social media in an effective way. So, um, So that's where we're headed. And um, I'm going to be guiding us through the conversation, but everybody, uh, feel free to jump in at any time, interrupt me, and um, we just want this to be kind of a conversation. Um, So maybe uh, let's start here. Um, When you think about kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly of social media, um, what comes to mind uh, for you guys? What's, What's good about it? What are the positives? What are the things that are just like, oh, this is this is bad? And um, just bad in terms of like, eh, it's, it's not great. It's, it's a little bit of a, a, a struggle or a pitfall. And then the ugly, where, where can this really go south fast? So um, if anybody wants to jump in and, and just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think one of the first things that initially comes to my mind with the good is just the, the, the significant opportunities for connection. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people that I'm friends with on social media that don't live within, you know, even driving distance of me. Uh, and so we can stay connected in some pretty cool ways, socially seeing what's going on in their story, interacting together, um, you know, in, in ways that essentially give us the opportunity to, for our paths to, to cross, even if it's digital, they're still, they're still crossing in in ways that are with the time. You know, uh, I just was having this conversation a couple of weeks ago and just thinking, man, uh, I, I can't imagine what pandemics were like before technology was uh, the way that it, that, that it is now. Mm, you know, yeah. thinking about even, even just connection. But but, you know, we're living in this pandemic world, uh, you know, season right now. And so just that was the context. But just going, man, just communication and connection 
before we had technology, but then even just thinking about how to stay connected without technology uh, and really these social media platforms in the midst of a season when we're even that much more disconnected, uh, you know, because of a pandemic. And, and that just was kind, kind of revealing, just made me go, you know, even in what we're going to get to talk about here in a little bit with the the bad and the ugly, it, it really made me be grateful for these tools that we're talking about today. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody else have just kind of on the positive side, uh, like whether it's during this pandemic or otherwise, just how social media uh, has a real positive impact? I think it's been good to pique others' curiosity if they don't know the Lord or if um, they don't have a home church or anything. Like seeing people post about activities or events or messages that have made an impact on their lives, it piques people's interests and their curiosity and what kind of like draws them in to ask questions, learn more about it. Um, So that's what I would add. Yeah, there's been so much sharing that we've seen in our campus of like, hey, I was at this event or this thing is coming up and or God has been changing my life and let me tell you about it that that has directly grown this church. Yeah, piquing people's interest, that's great. Any other positive things we want to highlight? It really is like a leadership platform for every person. Like everybody gets the opportunity to lead through it. And I think that can be a really um, powerful thing, like in a good way. Um, and it obviously could also be some of the negative too, but I think that it really is, is a positive experience and it's helped people see things or grow personally or spiritually. Yeah, like it used to be that like in the dark ages when we just had websites, right? I mean, yeah. you'd, you'd have a business and like the good businesses had websites that were, like would kind of be their commercial. But now like every individual person has their own website and many websites like, right, everyone has their spot, in, um, their platform, their microphone. And so that's a huge tool. And then how do we use it, right? Um, yeah, anything else good? Um, I think kind of spinning off of what Brittany said, um, like it, it's a platform for everybody to lead on, but it's also a platform to kind of make yourself vulnerable on and make other people feel um, comfortable reaching out to you. Whereas had you not shared that on social media, um, they may not have ever even thought to come and talk to you about something that's really been on their hearts. Um, and that gives you another opportunity to connect with somebody and, um, and really share your testimony and share what you know to be true about Jesus. And it's, at least for me, that's been very powerful um, in my own faith journey, but I know it's affected others as well. Absolutely. Like, I think that verse... Like they overcame him, Satan, by the word of their testimony, you know, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And like Facebook or Instagram or whatever platform you're using is like a place to share your testimony, a place to be real. And that's something that I think is like uh, a lot of potential. And, you know, it's something that I often struggle with is to like be the real me on social media, to be the vulnerable me on social media. And I, th- I think there is a line there, right? Of like, uh, you want to be honest. You don't want to be just like, Hey, my whole world's on display and here, here's af- absolutely every secret. Uh, you know, we can't be just boundaryless, but, but yet there is something powerful in leadership and like peeling back the curtain. Like lately I've been thinking about, um, 
the disciples, like the disciples had tons of weaknesses. And part of how we see God is not just how God shows up, but it's also how God shows up in their moments of weakness. And if the Bible wasn't filled with these like pictures of real people's lives and their failures and their flaws, we would never have these insights into leadership. And so like we as leaders have that opportunity too, to be vulnerable and, and show God even in our flaws. And, um, that's yeah, really it makes me stuff. think, yeah, makes me think of just being like, being really self-aware, like being in tune with the Holy spirit. And like, you know, like obviously we, like you said, we shouldn't share everything, but it's, like it also is okay to be vulnerable at times and how that has power to reach people and to help others. And so it can be hard to discern like what, what should I do? Or, and I can kind of get stuck in that where I just don't say anything then. And so like, yeah, sometimes that's easier for others, but I just think about like being self-aware of where we are at and what we're going through. Yeah. And who our audience is. I think, too, one of the good things about social media is it's given people, people are comfortable with it. And so it's given them that opportunity to share their testimony where before it could have been intimidating to share their testimony, quote unquote, like not knowing their story. But it's given them a way to be comfortable and to share the snippets of it and to be able to um, kind of move forward and, and let others in within that. Yeah. Yeah. Social media can kind of make you brave. Right. Um, because <laughs> it's le- it takes away some of the personalness. If like you were going to share in front of a, like a crowd of 500 people some story about yourself, it would be you know terrifying. But yet it's not unrealistic to think that a lot of posts or comments or whatever you might share get viewed by 500 people. And but it takes some of that that fear factor out of it. But it can also and maybe this is a good point to turn the corner a little bit into the, the bad not the ugly yet, but just, just some of the sour points of, of social media. Like, um, it can make people brave in an unhealthy way, right? Um, it can give people, uh, an impersonal, like it's a place where you can be more impersonal, but yet the things you're talking about are still just as personal as ever. Uh, we just don't feel it the same way. Um, let's talk a little bit about when you think of just things that, that aren't great, that are limitations of social media, what comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think some of the things in the bad um, are just the other side of the coin, you know, the, of the things that are good. And so, I mean, even just thinking about social media has that opportunity for us to, to, to say things and share things that, um, that we, we weren't quite ready for or uh, that we were ready for to say on, on a stage somewhere or in front of other people. And we just have harnessed that uh, social media is a tool to say them there as well. But mm-hmm. uh, on the other side of that coin is it's, it's a place for us to say things that we w- probably wouldn't say. We, we, you know, we wouldn't have the courage and the boldness to say in front of anybody else. So we can hide behind the, the screens or the devices that we're on and say things. Um, and, and so it's one of those you know, it's, it's like, man, uh, wouldn't it be nice if we all had a little bit more of a, a check uh, there? If, if we're not going to say this in front of other people, or we wouldn't, why are we typing it out now? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, be, because if nothing else, if, if we get to that point, and we ask that question, and it's and it's something that we shouldn't be saying, uh, then, it, then it could stop us. But I, I, I think that's the other side of that coin is, it, it just, it, it's a, um, at times, it's, it's too much of a safe place to say, 
stupid things or, or things that are just flat out careless um, and, and empty that we wouldn't probably even say, you know, in a garage with our closest friends, uh, you know, because because we, we can just we're hiding behind those screens and those those keys. Yeah. It kind of circles back a little bit to what Brittany had said earlier about being self-aware. It kind of um, when you're not around others and you can't pick up on the social cues to help your mm-hmm. awareness of whether mm-hmm. what you're saying is really kind of edgy or um, if it's landing anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Something. Okay. No, go ahead. Um, something that I've seen like as a as a negative part or bad part of it is um, the opportunity for it to cause envy like in our lives. Like it's easy like to see only like a lot of people post the positive, which is good. Like I think that's okay to post your vacation or a new house that you built or, you know, just different things that people go through. And it can be easy like on the other end to have envy over that. And so I know that's something that I personally have to keep in check of mm. um, what I'm viewing. And a lot of times, like, you know, we don't know the whole story. And when you put things in perspective, it it can help. But I feel like that can be a negative part of, like, all social media platforms. Yeah, you're judging. Well, I, think, I, think, I think likewise, Brittany, that something I've struggled with is only wanting to post things, uh, the good things, so that people yeah. notice that, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, whether it's giving, even, even if it's giving credit to somebody for something, it's like, but man, I, I want, I want them to know that it's coming from me. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm posting that, you know, I'm saying that. Um, and so again, just the, uh, because I have my own jealousy or because I have my own, um, arrogance or insecurities, like I might, I might make posts from time to time to get noticed. Um, you know, as I'm battling some of those other things out. And in that like um, comparison trap where we're trying to like, we want people to see the best possible version of us out there. And that makes sense, you know, like, um, but, but it is a trap and we, and we'll, uh, we'll compare ourselves to the best possible version of everyone else out there. And meanwhile, we see our own worst possible mm. version. Like we're the ones who know that. And so like it, we've got to just keep reminding ourselves that this is a false view of reality. This is a like limited view of reality. Um, and, and just keep that in perspective. Um, yeah. What about like overuse? Um, how, uh, and, and I know maybe when we talked about this uh, a little bit ago, we were, we were saying maybe this would come in the second session, but this might be a natural point. Brittany, what are some of those things you discovered about just the use of social media and how pervasive it is? Um, okay. Yeah, so I listened to a podcast from Risen Motherhood, and they did a podcast on social media and kind of like this, like the good, the bad, the ugly, and the positive parts, but there's also negative parts. And something that they shared was a quote, um, a data that they found that the average person spends two and a half hours a day on social media and that ends up equaling seven years over the course of an average lifetime so that just like puts it in perspective (laughs) and just like oh my goodness how much time we like it's not always like you know we are talking about some of the positives but in a sense like what else could we be doing with that time so that was really powerful for me to hear that yeah like i think about my own life and like even like 
geographic locations. Like, like I've, I've lived in places for about that long. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like those are, those are whole seasons of my life. And to think that a whole season of my life could be categorized as social media use or like living on that platform or those platforms. It's like, yeah. uh, it shows how important it is as a, as a leadership tool, but go ahead. Well, and here's, here's a scary thing is that it says the average person, you know, so to get to that two and a half hours a day, that means there are people that are spending substantially more than two and a half hours a day yeah. uh, and, and some that are spending substantially less. But so to get to that two and a half hours, that's scary to think about how high some of those other numbers are yeah. to get to that two and a half hour it's average, average. Yeah. Um, which really, Brittany, yeah, that's 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 good and revealing because it. You know, I, I think one of the first things to, that any of us, uh, you know, sitting in this in this conversation around could go is like, ah, that's that's not me. That's not. There's no way I average that a day. But like, it just you know, when you get a stat like that, it does make you go, you know what? I should I should maybe start measuring this. I wonder how many hours a day I do spend because you know, think thinking about it from my perspective, like I know for a fact that there's no way that I ever in my lifetime am going to spend two and a half hours directly on you know on one screen just doing that thing. But I, I bet if I put it over the course of the 12 hours or, you know, depending upon how long my waking hours of a day on any given day might be. But if I, if I break that out, there's probably many days that I spend even more than two and a half hours, but it's just in small snippets here and there. And it just adds up over that day. Yeah. You don't even realize it. Something that they shared on that podcast, I thought was really good. It was kind of about the self-aware thing, but also like there's going to be seasons in your life where it's okay to have that app on your phone, but there might be seasons in your life where God's calling you to like take that app off your phone or take mm-hmm. the social media, make it harder to get to where you have to go to a desktop to view that. Cause you're going to be less likely to spend two and a half hours. If you have to pull up an internet explorer, you know, or Chrome or whatever you have to actually view, um, get on the social media platform that you're on. And that was really convicting to me. I've, I've personally have made some changes in that area of like, how can I set some limits, but also still have it and just trying to be wise with it. But I thought that was a good, um, if you're trying to, if anybody's trying to like, listen to this and being like, oh man, I want, how can I back that up? That might be a good step of, you know, taking the app off and then having to get on an actual computer to view it. Yeah, that's good. Um, uh, a couple other things just on, on the bad and the ugly, and then we're going to talk a little bit about a theology of social media. Um, so one thing, uh, there's this, as uh, a Netflix show. Have you guys seen it? It's like the social... The social network. What if you, have you guys seen it? Is it called the social? It's not. It's a social dilemma, social experiment. Maybe I should know this for this podcast, but you know, <laughs> I put in the comments like section. Cobra Kai on Netflix. Co- I think it was Cobra Kai. That's where. Yeah, I'm, I'm misremembering. Yeah, remember on Cobra? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it, it was all these people, and uh, they were from a wide variety of social media like spheres of influence and like high up in these organizations. And they, what I liked about this particular um, commentary is that they, they weren't like trying to make some big conspiracy theory. They were just noticing that like algorithms, when they're, when they're trying to decide what to show you on your next post and your next post and your next post and your next post, like there's math involved and computers are sort of like making decisions based on your history to put something on your screen that is most likely to keep you engaged and watching. And, um, and so what this does uh, is that it, it, it gives you a bias towards continuing to see the things that you already agree with. Mm. And I think that becomes really dangerous because in normal, regular life, 
Um, you don't have a bias towards like, I mean, maybe you kind of do because of who you associate with, but like people aren't going to only tell you the things that you want to hear all the time. You're going to also hear, you know, conflicting opinions, but like each one of us has our own individualized feed, um, of that, that sort of like fits with the things we've already heard and that we've already liked and that we've already spent time reading in the past. And, and our feed will continue to promote those same ideas. And so, and I think this is a big part of what's happening in our country right now, just the entrenched, deep disagreements that we're facing, is that like everyone has their individualized blinders on sort of experience of the world right now, and their news is the only true news, or their facts are the only true facts. And and it's just, it's not that simple, but yet, you know, we're, we're, we're being led to believe that it is that simple just out of the the way that technology happens to work it's 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 not necessarily a mastermind thing behind it it's just it's just how this medium uh, behaves so i think just to be reminded of that and like to intentionally um reach out for things that you just completely disagree with and and read those things too or, or you know comment on those things too is is healthy um anything else I about said, I said, yeah yeah, I, I just would jump on that. I think that plays into the ugly, uh, you know, where we're yeah. going here. I mean, I've I've battled out, you know, when I um, when I, when I start to see posts, um, you know, I mean, we we have all these quote unquote friends, right? Uh, and I mean, if, if we're all honest, uh, most of us, many of us, have quote quote Facebook friends or social media friends that like we really don't no, you know, they're, and they might not even be an acquaintance. They're like an acquaintance of an acquaintance at times. Um, but nonetheless, we'll, I've had this tendency when I, when I see somebody post something that I just think, man, alive, like I'll use a, a surface, like a, a light one. Like, I don't care what you're eating. Can you please quit mm-hmm. making posts about what you're eating? Uh, every, every single time you make something, or if you're Sorry, going to, yeah, would you, would you share it? Yeah. Yeah. I said, sorry, Kyle. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, and so, and so what my tendency was, and then you take it on, you know, on a much more serious note of like, holy smokes, like they're constantly posting things that are just silly or ugly, you know, like just against humanity or, uh, or, or even for me at times, it's like, uh, how, how can, it's just, it's conflicting with your, with your theology. You know, it's conflicting mm-hmm. with, you say this, but this is, you, 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 you say this is who you are, but this is what, uh, what you're saying here. And it just conflicts with, yeah. with, uh, your identity in Christ. Um, and so my, my tendency in the past has been, uh, to unfriend them, you know, like I just, I just mm-hmm. need to get yeah. them like that. Um, and, and, and part of that was, I'm tired of seeing that. Uh, part of it was also, uh, something I think we're going to talk a little bit about here is, um, man, I can't be socialized. I, I can't be connected, socially connected. If somebody goes on my Facebook feed or goes into my Instagram feed and sees that I'm friends with this person and this is the type of stuff that they post, I can't be friends with them. Because then what does that say about my character and my leadership? Sure, the association. Um, yeah, yeah, just that association. And and here's honestly just, and and we, we can banter about this, you can yay or nay this uh, a little bit, but but here's where I've started to fall into this. Uh, um, I, I, it's for me, I, I've, I've have fell into, I rarely unfriend anybody anymore. Um, I unfollow a lot of stuff. Um, 
because it's like, man, yeah, you know, I still laugh about it. Like, I really don't care what you're eating tonight for supper. Or I don't care what you wish your grandma would sew you for Christmas next year. Like, I don't, I don't care about that stuff. But that's, that's my own thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but here, here's, here's the thing that I'm falling into. If, if I unfriend everybody uh, that makes a silly post that I just don't want to see anymore uh, or is making posts that I just flat out don't agree with, the thing that I'm losing is the times when I'm posting things, if my, if my feed, if my voice ever makes it onto their feed, it's never going to make it there if I unfriend them. Uh, and so there's just a piece mm-hmm. of that. So, uh, I mean, yeah. Nathan, what I'm hearing from you, uh, it, uh, um, is, is, uh, is something that's just kind of challenging my heart right now though, too, is, Hey, you know, there's there's times when that person who always posts food pictures isn't posting food pictures. Maybe there's something in there that of theirs that needs to hit your you know hit your feet every once in a while. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm I, and, and so that's convicting to me. What I would also just add to this conversation though is, man, it sometimes it's just too easy to start unfriending people uh, for whatever reasons. And one mm, of those reasons yeah. that I would guiltfully say is I I un, I've unfriended people before because I didn't want to be guilty by association. I don't want to be associated with them. Um, and honestly, the more I look at the story of Jesus uh, and his life, um, everybody, <laughs> I mean, look, look at the, look at the woman at the wall. Hey, Jesus. Uh, I mean, she's a yeah, woman, you, she's a Samaritan, you know? Yeah. Or like you associate with these tax collectors and sinners. Don't you know where yeah. they've been? And, and yeah. they're judging him based on his associations, but yeah. like, yeah. And right Jesus, Jesus didn't give a rip. He, yeah, he knew, uh, um, I'm, I'm here for everybody, you know? Uh, he didn't it's just like he didn't really, just say that he lived it. Yeah, it's like really finding our identity only in Christ again. Like, kind of comes back to that of like mm-hmm. what somebody yep. else does or says isn't a reflection of ourselves. Yeah, like and separating that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I will say though, it, just to jump onto that ugly side of things, what I just said shouldn't give anybody permission to carry the Jesus flag in one hand. And oh, the the world's flag and the other, and say whatever they want. How that conflicts against who Jesus is and what He's done for them, and what He wants to do for everybody else in their story. Um, you know that that it, it, it social media doesn't give us that permission uh, to do that. It should. Uh, we need to have a greater awareness. But I, I can guarantee you, in one way, shape, or form, all of us have fallen into that trap in one way, shape, or form. Um, at least once, you know, where it's, it's just, it's just too easy. And I'd say that's the ugly side of, uh, one of the ugly sides of social media is just, um, uh, some, some of our, it's a place that some of our sin patterns show up. Um, and that, that if, if, if dealt with appropriately, if we have people that are going to come and disciple us and hold us accountable, that's great. I haven't seen that happen very often. And so that's where it's ugly, you know, because we're going to be ugly and then the church doesn't show up mm. and then we're, it's even uglier. The message gets bigger. Yeah. Gina, you Sorry, were going to say I something. You off. Yeah. That's okay. I was going to say like one of the parts, the ugly parts of it is if we're not intentional with what we're posting and bringing it before God and, and just, we, you know, it's kind of weird to say that within the social media platform because a lot of times... I don't think about that when I change a picture or do anything like that. I'm not asking God about it. But if we're not intentional and with what we're posting, then it can cause that desensitization within others and how they're seeing our feed and how they're viewing our feed. Just like what Kyle shared about, like, 
I'm going to just keep on scrolling because, oh, it's going to be another food post or whatever like that. Like, there's that, um, I guess, like I said, it causes people to be desensitized to what we're saying. Yeah. Um, when we think about the, the the ugliest parts of this, and, and we've seen lately that it gets really ugly, really, ugly, really fast, um, you know, it's uh, there's definitely the the claim out there um, that, like for example, uh, the president is using social media to incite uh, riots. Um, okay, that's that's pretty ugly. Um, it's it's definitely like when you think even when you look at the recent um, you know incident in the Capitol, um, two thirds of the people that are actually in the Capitol have their phones up and are on social media, you know, they're, they're, uh, so the, it's like the, the, the social media world and the real world colliding very heavily. Um, so we've got to be real with the fact that like, this is a very powerful tool. It's very, very powerful. It's not, um, it's a loaded gun. And so we've got to be, um, just really aware that like, this is, um, this is a, powerful influential tool in the olden days they said the pen is mightier than the sword these days it's like caps lock is mightier than the sword like whatever you are you know most uh spreading on social media like that that's your that's your platform so we've we've got to be aware of that um that risk factor and and i would say in the in the church where i'm seeing this really where the rubber meets the road locally here is i've heard you know, multiple people say, um, I don't want to be a Christian if this is what Christians do. I've heard multiple people say, I don't want to be a part of your church because I see who is a part of your church and I don't want any part of what's being said. Like I'm hearing what they're saying and I don't agree. And I, I, I clearly don't belong here. Um, and, and then also I'm hearing people say that like, uh, if if you if you uh, if you have if you're gonna control what I say on social media or or you know judge it, then that's censorship and you know like the church has no right to have any sort of influence on what I what I do or say on social media. Um, so it's just, I mean it it gets real ugly really fast. Um, is there anything that you all would say about the the real heavy side of social media before we? Um, just wrap up with the theology behind some of this. Yeah, I mean, I think um, just to kind of add on to what you just said, Nathan, I mean, it's uh, it's a tool that we can't um, undervalue. It's a tool that uh, we can't underestimate. Um, and, I, and I would say um, uh, as scary of a tool as it can be, we can't be scared to use it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those, uh, yeah, yes, it has its downsides and yes, um, we could use it inappropriately. Um, but I, but I think if we throw it out and choose not to use it, um, we're, we're really missing uh, a, a great opportunity, whether that's personally or professionally, uh, I think we really miss an opportunity. And so, you know, as, as Christ followers, uh, as Christ followers first and leaders second, um, or as Christ followers first and 
spouses, children, and then leaders, you know, um, third, uh, in, in that order. Um, you know, we, uh, we're, we're imperfect. We, we are just as much in need of a savior as anybody else. Uh, but I think, yeah. uh, when we're using this tool, we have to respect, uh, and at least this is, this is what I yeah. consistently try to tell myself. We have to respect the power that's in our hands and do the best that we possibly can to use it wisely. Um, uh, because it, it is, it is powerful at, at the, at the push of a post button, the number of people that we can affect or infect, um, is mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we have to respect the power that's in our hands. Um, it makes me think of like all this conversation, re- like about the kind of the bad parts, uh, makes me think of Philippians 4, 8. Mm. And this is like about what we're thinking about. But when it says like, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, um, or is if, it, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. And it says, think about such things. But it's like, if we change that to like post about such things, like, <laughs> Yeah. Kind of had like that filter there. Um, I just keep thinking of that, like whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is right. Yeah. 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 That's good. Um, when we think about Jesus and how, you know, there was the WWJD, what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. Like, what would Jesus post? I, I do often ask myself, man, if Jesus had a social media account, what would he do with it? Because, you know, he wouldn't leave it blank. He wouldn't dismiss it um, because we see Jesus who didn't stay in heaven. And this is where we can kind of draw some conclusions theologically. He didn't stay in heaven. He didn't stay distant. He came down into our mess, right? Um, he he is the word of God, it says in the book of John. And so the fact that Jesus is the word, like words matter to him, like communication matters to him. He is the communication of God. He is the idea you know, the communication of ideas of the Lord and grace and truth are, are like expressed in him in tangible form. And so um, we know that Jesus would have used it, but how would he have used it? Um, so like we know because like we're just coming off of Christmas here and we think about the baby in the stable and it's smelly and gross and, and he had just left the thrones of heaven and now he's he's here in one of the nastiest places you can imagine and you know and which leads to the most atrocious deaths that you can imagine and so he entered into the mess like he, he didn't shy away from it he didn't hold back um he also like when when jesus came like god had been communicating his love for centuries and centuries um but when they saw jesus live it out like in person right there before their eyes they were able to see the grace and truth of the lord um, in such a personal way um, that they that they never could have before, and and so I think of social media a little bit that light way. Like when we engage with it, we're trying to communicate in a clear, understandable, relatable way. Like you know, the gospel can be a meme, right? I mean, it's uh, like whatever the language people are speaking, let's communicate the gospel in that language um, mm. and relate it and. I also think about like um, the theology around Christmas time, like how Jesus came in the fullness of time. The Bible says, and you know, in other words, kind of like just at the right time, at the perfect time, and like the fullness of time idea has to do with like the Roman roads had just been built, and 
like they had paper now so they could like distribute the word of God. And there was a common language, Greek at the time. And so all those things allowed for the communication of the gospel. When Jesus came, he came in this intersection. And here we are like in 2021 and we have an intersection of opportunity of communication that we've never had before. Like we can, we don't have to go on a missionary journey to talk to someone across the globe. We can just type a couple words and hit send. Um, so we're at this like incredible crossroads of communication and like God knows it. God cares about it. God is using it. And we want to tap into what, what he's up to. Um, and, uh, and also like old wineskins and new wineskins is another, you know, there's this passing mention that Jesus has and he talks about like not putting the, the new message in old wineskins. And so it's just crucial that like we can't repackage um, or we can't continue to package the message of the gospel in the way we always have. Like we've got to put Jesus's hope and life and joy into social media because that's the new wineskin. That's the place where people are. And so there's there's not a precedent of how to do it. We can't just like stand on generations of saints before us of like how to do church online. Um, but we're writing that story. We're we're writing the next chapter of the gospel. And so we've got to wrestle that to the ground and figure out how to do it well. Anything about that before we maybe hit end on this segment and then switch gears to like part two and talk about the practical ramifications. It makes me think of the sermon this about the 2021 year when you talk about like a hundred how Jesus was a hundred percent truth and grace. Like I love how you mentioned that about the truth and grace. Like when I think about what Jesus would post, like um, I think a lot of us can tend to be one way or the other, and but mm-hmm. he would have been like he would have balanced that perfectly. And that's I like that's a cool visual to think about and how can we practically do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. I think too, kind of along the lines of those of that balancing when you shared that Philippian scripture, Brittany, about posting or you know thinking of it, posting it, whatever is true and lovely, and that doesn't always like initially you think that's just all the good stuff, but that's really not. It's like when we can post the bad stuff when in our grief, but then still share that we still have joy because of we have of we know who Jesus is and what he's doing. Like we are going through a tough time, but we know we're gonna come out of it because we have him um and we're relying on him. So that just I just thought of that as like initially it may um cause people to think, oh I'm just gonna post all the pretty things and all the true things and but that true part is like even the bad stuff even the stuff that we struggle in um, with the asterisk of like, Mm. but I know I'm going to get through this or, you know, whatever. That's really good. I think, I think also with that, like it's so easy to um, allow social media to um, allow yourself to be more self-centered. Like you're, you're busy comparing your life to somebody else's or you're busy telling everybody about your life like, at least for for me in recent years, I've tried um, to be more aware, and that just comes back to that self-awareness, be more aware of um, what I'm posting. Is what I'm posting going to, um, going to prove to be a testimony? Like, am I going to be sharing anything that's going to provide any value? Or is it just, you know, empty space on a screen to scroll past? Um, and I think that the more we can kind of have that thought 
in the back of our minds as we're on social media, the easier and like the more second nature it becomes um, to, to use social media as a tool instead of as a, a pastime. Good. Yeah, I think um, my, you know, just kind of my last thoughts here on this, in this segment, um, uh, Nathan, it's a great, it's just a, a, a great question. And I hope, uh, I hope our listeners hold on to that as like, just uh, what, what would Jesus, uh, what would Jesus post? How would Jesus be utilizing social media? How would he be interacting with it? That's just, that's just a powerful thought. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think, uh, one of the things that just that question is convicting me on is more often than not, social media is just a place that I, uh, I, I go to and just, you know, thumb through, um, you know, and uh, it's, it's not a place that I'm uh, as consistently interacting in, you know, sharing uh, and um, just being, being a witness and what's going on in my, my story. Um, and so I think like we, uh, not I, I, I'm not campaigning or suggesting that everybody get some type of social media account and everybody use it this exact way. But man, if we're if we're gonna have if we're gonna have social media accounts, they shouldn't just be a place that we go and uh, stare at whatever else is going on in everybody else's stories and maybe occasionally give a thumbs up or a comment. But it should be a place uh, that we're letting others see. You know, it's it's inviting others into our stories so they can see the Jesus at work, so they can see Jesus at work in us. We should include them. Uh, so if we're gonna have it, like they shouldn't just be, oh, I'm a friend of Kyle Dana on social media. Like, no, my friend is posting these things. My friend is asking these things. My friend is hurting this way. Um, we should we should be interacting uh, and, and utilizing the tool for for those purposes as well. Well, I'm really enjoying this conversation. I hope our listeners are too. And um, so so we'll kind of hit into this portion of the podcast. And then, uh, like I said, the next episode, we'll talk on the real practical side. Um, how do we put this into action? So thanks for listening. And we hope you join us for part two.